The following sermon is from the Westminster Pulpit, extending the worship ministry of Westminster Presbyterian Church, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We are a local congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America. Please contact us for permission before reproducing this message in any format. marvelous this psalm is. Psalm 103. Listen to its truths to us. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is gracious, or is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassionate on his children, So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding and who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will, Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. And Father, teach us something more about the wonderful joy of praising you here tonight as we consider this word you authored through David to us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were to enroll in a new health insurance plan, either as an individual or perhaps in a place where you work, I know that at some point you would soon be looking at a packet of materials that would come to you to explain the new plan from the insurance company. And there'd be a heading over a major part of those documents that you receive 
that would be entitled Statement of Benefits. And maybe if you were a little extra naive, you would read this and think, oh boy, the company is going to tell me all the wonderful things they're going to do for me. They're going to tell me how excited they are to be my beneficiary and to make available to me all the wonderful resources that they have to spread out for the benefit of my health. But then if you were to start perusing these legal documents, you might wonder if what you were reading, instead of being a statement of benefits, would be better called a statement of denials. Because you would notice how the language was hedging on everything. And how every possible contingency or conceivable exception by which the company would not provide you with benefits was being emphasized. And all kinds of fine print contingencies in which you would not get the benefit that was promised. Well, with commercial health insurance, we certainly expect payment of benefits because it's a contractual obligation. We or our company or someone is supplying rather substantial premiums so that benefits will be paid. They're not doing us any favors, in other words. But how entirely different it is when benefits are not based on a contract and not based on something being paid in as an obligation to be returned, but rather are the result of the outflow of absolute and infinite grace completely and constantly undeserved. That's what we have in this marvelous psalm tonight, Psalm 103. What a pleasure this psalm is to read, this psalm of David. It's, it's unique even among David's psalms because the psalm is almost 100% packed with praise and nothing else. Nowhere here does David make what is a, a, a common complaint for him about his enemies. Oh, Lord, you know, these folks are prospering, or I wish you'd knock them down who have bad stories to tell about me. None of that. He doesn't even have a petition. He doesn't even say, oh, God, I'm asking you to do something for me. There's no complaint. It's just undiluted praise, like a beautiful spring day with a cloudless blue sky, the whole psalm through. I find that this psalm is the source of quite a few hymns. We sung, sang one of them right before here, O Come My Soul, Bless Thou the Lord, maybe even better known, is Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven. And there are a few others, too. If you want to consult at the back of your hymnal, you'd find out what they are. But you know, with the primary theme being, being praise of God, I have to say that one of the big questions that gets raised here and gets raised all the time is why does God want us to praise him? Why does God, in fact, almost order us to praise him? You know, when you ever stop and think about that basic fact, I wonder if you've, you've come up with an answer for it. If you just translated it into a human situation, what if I decided that you needed to praise me a lot? And so from the pulpit every Sunday, I would say, you know, folks, you haven't been focusing enough attention on me. You haven't been thanking me enough for my great pearls of wisdom from the pulpit. I expect more compliments. I expect you to, to build me up. I expect you to bring honors and lay them at my feet. And you'd say, what? What's wrong with this man? 
What kind of an egomaniac do we have as a pastor that wants, that, that comes and tells us, praise me? And you'd be quite right if you changed congregations, I would think, if, if you had a pastor that, that did something like that. But why then have you ever thought about God saying, I desire praise? And there's actually nothing better for you to do than to praise me. I want you to bring me praise for my goodness, my grace, and my absolute mercy. Does it seem wrong?